Ho, 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 fools. Merry Christmas and have a... Mark, this is the New Year's show. Happy New Year's, everybody. This is Industry Focus. Hey, everybody. I'm Mark Reith here with Tyler Crow. Welcome to the Energy Edition of Industry Focus. It's a new year. It's 2015. It's totally 2015. We're doing this totally live right on now. New Year's Day. 2015. It doesn't even feel different from 2014. Not right at now. all. It's crazy. Oh, man. New year. New whole new ball game with the energy world. Everybody's doing great with their 2015 diets Everyone and all their right. resolutions. Yep. Sticking right to them. Yep. It's, it's a good time right now. Yeah, we're speaking to you from the future. This is great. Okay. Uh, speaking of, let's take a look ahead at this year. And 2014, kind of a tough year for the in energy industry, especially as far as oil prices are concerned. Uh, all of our viewers are very well aware of just how bad things look for a it lot of companies there. It has not been an easy time. It's true. Uh, what about 2015, though? Let's take a look ahead. Oil prices, where do you see them this year? Well, I'm not going to say anything about oil prices, because I do. We will have That's it. That's our show. We'll, we will have it on record, and I will be wrong, mm. and then we'll get all these hate emails about mm. why I was wrong. So I'm going to avoid actually saying prices. Okay. But instead, as an investor, I think there are some critical events that could happen in 2015 that investors should watch for that could significantly impact oil prices. Reasonable. reasonable. So let's, let's kind of stick to that sort of vein here. And I think the th there's really three things that could really change the dynamic of what's going on here. And there are a lot, uh, granted, there are a lot, and there are ones that I will miss, and mm -hmm. there's always something that you never see coming in the oil market. I mean, we're down at $60 a barrel right, right. now. I don't think anybody saw that coming. So here are the basically three things that you can watch, you can kind of control and see what happens. Uh, the first one is, what will OPEC do at its next meeting? Mm. Uh, they had one back in November where they said, we're, gonna, we're fine, we're gonna produce it 30 million barrels per day, it's gonna be great, everybody else is gonna have problems, we don't have any problems, what, what problems? <laughs> that is not the case. Right. I mean, if you saw all the internal squabbling going on, there's a lot of countries within OPEC that are just absolutely hemorrhaging money right now. The most expensive one, Iran, they need $140 per barrel mm. to make their budget work, which not we're, work we're right quite now. a ways away from that. Yeah, a little bit. So, in six, six months after November, so sometime in the May, April, May time, there will be another OPEC meeting. Mm. And they will, you know, after testing the waters at this 30 million barrel per day sort of price point, production level, they're going to reassess, like, how much did this impact drilling in the United States? How much did that impact other people globally? Right. And after that, we can kind of reassess and see if we have to cut back on production because maybe the U.S. is actually able to produce for less money than we can now simply because of the, the efficiencies that have been made in uh, shale drilling. Mm -hmm. The other one I think is going to be really interesting to watch is how will Russia be able to handle this? Because, I mean, of the three major tiers of producers out there, you have Russia, Saudi Arabia and the United States were the three largest producers in the world in terms of oil. Somewhere anywhere between 8 to 11 million barrels per day among the three of them okay. uh, each. Mm -hmm. And just like a lot of those OPEC people, they are highly, highly dependent on oil and gas revenues to make the budget within the country work. Mm -hmm. And if we see this sort of major plummet, they are also at risk of you know, saying this is kind of unsustainable for us. Granted, there is a little bit of separation between companies and the country itself, although very, very, very limited. Especially I mean, there, yeah. Yeah, the CEO kind of like hangs out with Putin at lunch yeah. and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's pretty tight. Right. So, you know, how are they going to be able to handle this? I mean, back in the 1990s when we saw a 
big major uh, plunge in prices like this, the country actually went and defaulted on debt. Hmm. I'm not going to say this is going to happen. Uh, no, predictions. Got, no predictions. No predictions. No predictions. But it did happen back in the 90s. Mm. It is a possibility to happen again. They have a lot of money in some offshore like sovereign wealth funds that right. they can play with for a while, but that can only last for so long. Okay. Then the last thing that you should do, as especially as an investor uh, who may be invested in certain oil and gas stocks within the United States, is there could be a weeding out of U.S. drillers. Uh, we've seen a lot of young upstart wildcatters trying to get their own start within the country, in the country, and they took on a ton of debt to do it. They haven't really been able to turn that into a cash-generating business. They've mm. just kept taking on more debt, taking on more debt, trying to build out to what they thought would be a sustainable level. Unfortunately oil prices dropped before they could get to that level, and now they're all starting to look at that, oh shoot, how the heck are we gonna pay off all this debt mm -hmm. if we can't even fund our own budgets right now? Oh, drat. Drat. Right. Now, granted, there are a lot of companies in a very good space right now because of this. You got some of the bigger ones, like your EOG Resources or somebody like that, who's generating cash, and they're gonna be able to be just fine. And that could actually cause a push or a weeding out of U.S. drillers. Some of these guys are going to, you know, maybe look to get acquired by a larger company, mm -hmm. some of these big oil companies that have a ton of cash in the books right now. Or, you know, even at worst case scenario, you could see some that might, you know, close up shop. I don't want to say that. No predictions. No predictions. But, you know, some of them are looking pretty rough right now. OPEC, Russia, the small guys. The small guys. Okay. Lots, lots, lots to watch for. It's a long year. Plenty of stuff's going to be happening. And we are in 2015 now. Right so. now it's 2015. It's 2015. Right now. Uh, I can't believe we made it into the office after that New Year's Eve party. I know. Last was, night. That shows how dedicated we are to the show. <laughs> You're welcome, America. You're welcome. All right, so 2015, like we said, it's a long year. Plenty's going to happen. Oh, let's, let's talk about some stocks out there. Maybe that can just... No matter what's going to happen, they're going to be okay, and the, their shareholders, more importantly, are going to be okay. The guys who are generating that, that those good dividends, the the good shareholder returns. Uh, give me your top three for 2015. Sure, I think three. You know, looking at income is one of the most popular things right now with mm. plunging oil prices. People don't want just capital gains; they actually want income. So Crazy. let's start with the biggest company out there in energy, ExxonMobil. I mean, I could recommend this on every single show that we do for the next 20 years and right. probably nothing will change. <laughs> uh, one of the nice things about it, you know, obviously there are the things, the 74 year dividend uh, history, mm -hmm. you know, they got a pretty good yield right now of about 3% and it's they've been growing their dividend, it's up about 64% in the past five years. Uh, you know, you got all those other things, but let's just look at one of those opportune times. You know, oil prices are down. Uh, Exxon Mobil's price, as of this recording, it is 2015. 2015. 2015. But as of this recording, uh, Exxon Mobil's stock is down about 15% mm -hmm. on the year, uh, and so. It actually provides an opportune time in terms of a valuation perspective. Uh, ExxonMobil right now is trading below its 10-year me historical median valuation, mm. which means that over the 10 years, this is one of those times where it's worth a little bit less than what it is average. So it gives you a little bit of an opportunity to get a deal on a company that doesn't normally go on sale an awful lot simply because it is so stable. Mm. The next one I want to look at is Kinder Morgan. Uh, just uh, another one of those master limited part. Well, not a master limited partnership anymore because right. of the merger. Right. But you know, in that sort of pipeline sort of vein, very very stable. More built on the idea of moving oil and gas on a volume basis rather than actually being speculative on prices and being dependent on that. Uh, they in their last presentation that they gave, they actually broke out 
how much they're dependent on oil prices for their uh, actual revenue, which was an obvious play to That's smart, oil actually. prices today. It is a pretty like smart that, idea. Yeah. And a very nice number to see is 96% of our income comes from volume and fee-based contracts rather than the price of oil. Nothing wrong so with that's, that. That's nice and stable. You yeah. can't really deal, you know, complain about that too much. Yeah. Now, with the merger that they just did, they just bought out all of their limited partnerships below them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what that did is it locked in the dividend for quite a long time. Uh, before that, a lot of those smaller, uh, the subsidiaries, excuse me, were paying what are called incentive distribution rights. Basically, it's a management fee to the general partner, which was this company. By buying them out, those go away, and it allows the parent company to kind of save that money or put it into its normal dividend. Mm. It gets rid of a lot of that MLP mumbo-jumbo that has been dealing with a lot of people. So, you know, the excess cash from that is going to make that a very, very stable income play for the next few years. And it's looking pretty good, especially if you're looking for something in 2015. That this, this year? This year. This is that year. Right now. Right now. In 2015. And the last one is one that's not talked about an awful lot, but certainly if you're looking for something on that stable income play, uh, Holly Frontier Company. Hmm. It is a refining uh, company that owns a few refineries in the mid-continent region, Midwest of the United States. And one of the great things about it is, you know, if you look at their stats on, say, like Google Finance or Yahoo Finance, wherever people are coming in to see this, it'll say a yield of about 3.42%. Hmm. But that is their regular dividend. They also somehow pay a special dividend every quarter, and they've done so for quite a long time. And if you include their special dividend, no guarantee, but it's there, mm-hmm. uh, they have a yield right now of 8.7%. That was it. Which is quite, quite nice. Yeah. yeah. So, and it gives them a lot of kind of leeway to keep that dividend stable. That 3% guaranteed quarterly dividend is going to be there because they can kind of play with that special dividend to make sure it happens. Uh, refineries, they're not as capital intense as oil and gas drilling. They don't have to go out and get new wells Mm. every year to replace declining production. They have to do a little bit of maintenance, but it's not as bad. And it's in a good position right now. You know, oil is pretty cheap in the United States considering all the oil and gas drilling they're doing right now. They don't have to import a lot, which would be much more expensive for them. Mm -hmm. So they got plenty of options to work from. Gas prices aren't exactly where they would like to be. But at the same time, there is enough of a margin of safety in their dividend with all the share, ba- share buybacks and all those special dividends that they've been doing to pretty much, I wouldn't say guarantee, but give a lot of safety to that regular dividend that they've been paying. Okay. Exxon, Kinder, Holly. Yep. Three names to watch. I like it. Thank you for that. That's, uh, that's going to help here and this year. Here in 2015. In 2015. Now. Which is right now. Right now. Tyler Crow, everybody. I'm Mark Reith. If you want more stock ideas, head on over to fool.com. For right now, just have a happy new year. Please don't tell me you still have the hand waving going.